Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Relationship Wednesdays. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. And we have a guest with us today that we're very excited about, um, Angela Pewitt. But before we get into Angela, let me just go back over a couple of things with everybody. Um, first of all, Darren, I want to thank our 70,000 listeners for last year. So we're very yes. excited about that. We thank you for um, tuning in, listening to us, letting us help you with your relationship. Um, I am a therapist. I run a thriving private practice in Chicago, in Naperville, and online. We do everything from individual group counseling, family therapy, interventions, and um, coaching at organizational level. Yeah, my background is in corporate America, and here in the Warren Associates, I focus on life coaching, career counseling, and mock interviews. All right. Two numbers that you should have. If you have a question and want to call in and talk to us, the question is 323-693-3835. Again, 323-693-3835. Warning, be duly noted. If you start talking a little bit odd or out of bounds, we will disconnect you. Disconnect. Click, click. Um, The second number you need is if you have something going on that's a little deeper than what we touched on the radio, because we get 30 to 40 minutes to talk to you. We may not cover everything that's happening in your life. You can call our office at 630-428-2344. Definitely. Derek, can you talk a little bit about Angie for us? Yes. So excited to have Angie Pewitt here with us. And uh, Ms. Pewitt is a life coach here in the Chicagoland area, okay, and she has a focus on transformational life coaching in particular. Uh, she's been a minister for over six years, married for 22 years with one son, so that's a blessing. And, and married to one husband. One husband for 22 years. You've got to say this. Put that in there now. You know, you Make can add up several right. marriages to get to 22. Right. But we talk one. about one dude. One man, one man for 22 years. That's a beautiful thing. And uh, she actually does group life coaching sessions mm-hmm. here in the Naperville, Illinois area on the first and third Tuesdays of every month. Get right at the Marriott Hotel in Naperville, Illinois. It's open to the public, and you can get more information about uh, Angie Pugh and her ministry at www.authenticchangesforyou.com. That's www.authenticchanges, the number four, the letter U.com. Absolutely. So, Angela, welcome to the show. Thank you. And we're glad to have you out. Thank you. So why would God let this, I'm putting up my, my ears, my two fingers and quotation marks, happened to me. And uh, this is a powerful topic because so many people wake up one day in a position that they don't want to be in, and they ask God, why me? Mm, okay. Um, and this also can happen. You could wake up at, at, at the top of the world, too, and also ask God, why me? That's a very humble person that says, why me, in that scenario. Um, but all the questions we got today were about peril, grief, and strife. So we didn't give me, uh, like, <laughs> why why am I being there? How I get here, Lord? You know, thank you. How did I get here? Just tell me the steps. Because usually by the time somebody gets there, they've already submitted themselves to God, and they already kind of understand why it happened for them. But now we want to kind of get to some of those questions of why would God let this happen to me? Why me? Why Why did I have a miscarriage? Why did my husband cheat? Why did I get fired from my job? Why is my business not working? Why do I have HIV? Not me, but one may say those things. Um you know, why am I here in this place? As Tamla Man would say, I never thought I'd be in this, this place. place. And when she got that, she said, take me to the king. All right, <laughs> so let's get through some of the questions. We're going to hit these questions rapid fire because we have Angela as a guest this week and want to get 
her input on these things. And so we're all kind of going to do a roundtable and answer the questions. Mm-hmm. So the first question, I'm just we're just going to hit it, bam, 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 bam. First question says, and let me also say this, as usual, I am not going to use the names of people that emailed me or texted me um, questions because I want to protect the innocent and guilty. Also, do not text me or inbox me if you get your feelings hurt tonight. I'm just going to say this. Okay, Darren? We are not out to hurt you. We do not want any pain. But our job at Relationship Wednesdays is to make all of your relationships better. We want you to be empowered for real, like for real, for real. Like I'm not selling you a message in a bottle. We are telling you that there are steps to make your life better. There are guiding things that guide you to, to greatness, and there are things that guide you right to negative, and we want to help you be great. So first question, and this is from a lady who, um, oh, I, wait, wait, I'm not saying names. Let me just read it. And I'm going to read it. I'm reading it with emotion. I've been dating and living with the same man for 10 years. We have two children. I've been treating him like my husband, but he has not moved towards marriage. I pray about this daily, but I'm not sure if God even hears me. How could God let this happen to me? All right? All right. Darren? Oh, wait. No, okay. Darren, I'm going to let you start, sir. Okay. Pastor D? Right. So, first of all, I'm going to say, how would God let that happen to you? It sounds like you let that happen to yourself by not requiring marriage for that man you've been living in with for, what, 10 years, Sam? 10. And having multiple children with A also? decade. A decade, multiple children. Okay. Bill. Why would he get married to you if he has all the benefits of marriage, quote unquote, right, without having any responsibility of marriage? Why would he? Okay. That's what I say. Why, why would he? He said, well, why would God do this to me? Again, this is a decision that you made. You, you, you had a choice to say, no, I'm not going to move in with you. I'm not going to let you move in with me. I'm not going to let you get me pregnant. That sounds like a decision that you made, and that's totally up to you in your hands. Let me say, let me say something to you. And I love you. Before I even say this, I want you to bleed out. But I'm going to tell you something. You're not the first female who a man is asked to have sex with for a consecutive amount of years. You're not the first one. And I don't believe God told you to have sex with him before you married him. And you may call me old-fashioned. Y'all going to say I'm conservative. You know Dr. Noel conservative. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I don't care what anybody tells you, marriage is still valid. Yes. It is needed. And without a legal obligation to you before man and God, why would he make a mistake he hasn't already made? He's got two children by you. Not even having those children made him think you were wife material. Why? because you never told him you thought you were wife material. Because, listen, people have slip-ups. I'm not condemning you for having slip-ups. Ten-year consecutive slip-up is a habitual problem with your moral compass. And I just have to say it. So I'm done, but I love you. Angie? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, when I think about this situation, I just always think about when we ask God to come in. You ask God to come in ten years after you had already been there. You ask yes. God to come in to children after they've already been here. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we get we get mixed up with when we should introduce God mm-hmm. to our relationship. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is we ask God to bless things that we already know are not really in his blessings at that time. Mm-hmm. So when we disobey what God has already set out, okay. we reap 
mm-hmm. the consequences of the disobedience, mm-hmm. and then we then sit and decide, now we want God to come in. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that in this situation, mm-hmm. it just took a little too long to introduce God and to ask him to come in. Absolutely. Let me also say this, and I saw some text messages come across my phone. Y'all stop texting. <laughs> um, let me say this as well. I think that in the beginning, and Darren and I say this almost every week, you have to set expectations at the beginning of a relationship. At the beginning. 22 years ago, Angela and her husband had expectations of one another, and I'm sure you discussed them. Yes. I'm sure you discussed them. We did. I recall laying down a lot of you, Cassidy. <laughs> you remember when I told you how I was going to go there? No, I'm just right? I want the money. <laughs> if anything new comes in the house, it is mine first. I literally said that. I said that. I said, I said, hey, bang. Before we got married, I was like, what happens if I didn't want to work or I couldn't work? Would you pay all the bills? Do you remember that question? I do. I asked him, I said, what if something happened to my leg and I couldn't walk or whatever? Like, would you still think I was sexy? Did I ask you these questions? Yes, you did. I, I said it up front. I told him to death do us part. Didn't I say that? You did. And when my daddy walked me down the aisle, he told me, he said, baby girl, my daddy was crying. He said, you can go back to your mama house if this don't work out. Not here for my mama. And uh, he told my husband, this is a serious situation. This is to death do you part. And so here's the issue. You made it a casual relationship in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so he still thinks after two children that it is casual. You are on layaway. You are rental like a library book that he took out. He can casually read it or not read it, and then he can take it back and recheck it out. So go ahead. And then I think that sometimes we, we misunderstand that you can't change the rules in the middle of the game. Mm-hmm. Yes. At the beginning, you didn't have really a lot of requirements. Mm-hmm. So then you continue to live life as normal, mm-hmm. and then when you're – Situation changed because we always say mama baby, baby. Right, so right. now you're the mama and your situation changed, mm-hmm. and now you want him to put a ring on it. But that's a game changer, mm-hmm. and that's now in the middle of the game. Absolutely. Maybe five years, two years later, but at the same time, the rules have changed mm-hmm. because in the beginning there were no rules. Correct. Everything was okay. Correct. Everything was fine. I think here's the other thing: we sometimes think that we can ask God to bless something that's already a disaster. We ruin it. And I'm not just talking about you, ma'am. I have ruined some things in my life, too. I think everybody yeah. at the table has. Yeah, sure. And then, you know, I've had prayers. I remember I was 16. I said, God, if you let me get out of this, if my mama don't find out about yeah. this, I will worship you forever. We all pray, baby. Then he released me, and I did it again. Because yeah. I didn't have a value statement at the beginning. I want you to remember moving forward that you have to have a you have to bring a value statement to the table. I have an expectation. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. I don't know that he has God in his life either, because I didn't have to tell my husband that we couldn't have sex. He already understood it when I got him. When I got him, like I ordered a pair. Of you were fine. <laughs> right. You told me I'm yeah, talking yeah, about I found you. Yeah. Right. When we got together. But but I was so beautiful. He saw me across the campus. It was doing the church. Tell it. Tell it. No, no, it was the bookstore. I'm forgetting my own story. He fell on me at the bookstore. And at the bookstore, I was like, if dude want me, if he want that, he got to play by my rules, which are really the Lord's rules. So that's what mm-hmm. I'm telling you. So if you're changing the story half mass, mm-hmm. middle of the game, if you, Cam Newton, and you already gave up, and now you <laughs> want to do over, I'm just joking, Cam. I'm going to be serious. But if that's where you are, you, you can't later say, I don't like the way it is now. What you have to say is, ownership, I started this thing wrong. 
I didn't tell you what I expected up front. And then I didn't behave. I didn't behave the way I should have. And so now I have the consequences of it. You see, like, I have some dresses in my closet that are a size six. But I have the consequences of uh, eating more than what a size six wears. So I look at my size six and I say, God, today, help me today with my water intake and my vegetables, right? But if I don't ask him before I eat the candy bar, hey, God, you think this would be a great idea? Then when I gain the weight, I can't say, God, why would you let me get fat? And I got people asking that question in my my email too. If the Lord really loved me, why would he control my eating? Because you're the one putting it in your mouth. Yeah, you put you in control of yourself. Yeah, gave us dominion. Yes, yes, yes. And he told you to choose. Mm-hmm. So if you can choose life and live, then you can choose death. Mm-hmm. So if you can choose to not be his wife for 10 years, and now you want something different, you have to have a real come to Jesus meeting. I mean that seriously. Mm-hmm. With you, with him, with Jesus, mm-hmm. and say, you know what, I we messed up here. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes people are looking for marriage to keep somebody. Let mm-hmm. me say this to you. I have seen people live together 20 years, get married for one year, and then it's over. Yes, yes. which is amazing, but it does happen. Because the rules change. When marriage happens, it changes one's identity focus. Absolutely. And one's ability to take mess from you. Like right now, he probably let a lot of stuff fly because, you know, you ain't his wife anyway. Right. And I've heard people, one time Darren told me he was talking to a guy and he wasn't married to his to the girl yet. Right. And he was telling the guy that the, the state of Illinois had a common law marriage. He was sweating bullets. You know, he was a co-worker. He was saying he had been with his girlfriend for seven plus years. They had a child now. And then we were just joking with me, you know, Illinois has a common law marriage. Y'all are married. He's like, what? No, 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 I'm not. He was getting on a Google, searching it up. Are you sure? Wow. He was sweating bullets to hopefully, hoping that he was not married to this woman, even though they were living together and had a child. It's just reality of it. And I have had people tell me that when I have kids by a woman I'm not married to, I don't really consider those kids real. I've heard that as well. Wow. Like, they don't consider them real. It's like they don't really have to eat, right? I mean, like, do, do, do they need food? Why well, would I respect them? They're from this woman who doesn't respect herself. And then get with another woman and marry her and take care of the kids she had before him. Right. Immediately. And the kids she got with him. Right? Yes. So you have to put your value statement up front. Now, instead of banging you, I'm going to say this. Now you're in a position where you need to recoup. Be accountable. Have a conversation. Say, I need the game to shift. Now, also be ready for him to say, I don't want it to shift that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Correct. And I don't want to purchase you because I've already pre-driven you for 10 years and it's some things I don't like. Right. Mm-hmm. And we got too much baggage. Mm-hmm. So why do you need it now? Why do we need joint accounts now? Why need to be the beneficiary of my life insurance now? And sometimes time works against you. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes so much hurt and damage has already come that it looks more damaging mm-hmm. to, to marry you mm-hmm. than it does to continue to walk this thing out I'm not really attached. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that happens is everybody has what they consider to be a reputation. Everybody. And I don't care what a guy tells you. He sits with his friends and they talk about whether or not you're good enough to be a wife. And after yeah. 10 years, after 10 years, people start saying, I don't know about her. Two children. Yes. Two children. Two children. Two Two children. And then I bet you he'll ask you, are these kids really mine? Wow. Yeah. Are they really mine? So I want you to be careful moving forward that you have a value statement, a moral compass, that you you explain that up front if you move on to somebody else. Mm -hmm. If you don't and you stick it out with him, then you at least need to give him a time frame that I want this to be, I I need in a year 
I want to be married. And if you can't bring that to the table, then you need to move on. So that's what I'm going to say. And then the next time you decide to shift, just make sure you're shifting at the same time that the person you're with is shifting. Because the problem is after the first child, you should have shifted. When you saw that there was no proper movement going in the way that you were going, Mm -hmm. the second child, because no child is a mistake, the second child should have been a well-thought-out plan. And since you knew he wasn't going that way after the first, it is our responsibility to be in control of our life. Mm -hmm. So as you, being a single woman, Mm -hmm. you're still in control of your life and the second child should have been planned out better. Correct. Also, check yourself for steam. Find out why you're okay with mm-hmm. this. Find out what about you made you wait 10 years before it became an issue for you. Find that, find that out for yourself, because I don't want you to get your feelings hurt if he's telling you that he wants to go in a different direction. Right. Second question says, I believe in karma. You get what you put out. If people have bad things happen, it means they have done bad things. End of story. That's not, all, I'll jump that. That's not always the case. You know, a lot of, it can be the case for sure. You know, someone's putting a lot of hurt out there, hurt's going to come back. You know, God says we do what we sow, okay? But that's not always the case, right? The situation we're talking about God with Job, right? Job was a righteous man, right? But he lost property, he lost his children, okay? But God was just saying, hey, I'm going to show you that a man can stay righteous even though some hard times come on his life, mm-hmm. all right? So it's not always the case that someone did anything bad. Answer. Well, I when it comes to when it comes to karma, that's very interesting to me because I totally agree with what a man um, so he reads. I totally agree with that. I just feel that karma is something that we use when we want to see someone get something paid back and we can't pay them back that fast. Mm-hmm. So we'll say, "Oh, that's okay," because karma gets you. But the reality is then karma needs to get all of us Mm -hmm. because we've all done something that we weren't totally proud of and that we we probably should not have done. But that's where grace and mercy comes in as well. Mm -hmm. And I will say with the karma situation, it just makes me laugh because I think about that again with people always wanting to see people getting paid back for what they feel their reward should should be. Mm -hmm. With the karma thing, I don't always look at the negative as karma because mm-hmm. if negative never came and God only did great things for us, how would we know that he was even possible or capable to get us out of a situation just because he's God? Right. So I think that when we go through things, it's truly for our making. I totally believe that. Mm-hmm. I believe it's for our making. I believe it's for our testimony for others. I believe that it's for more than just karma. So I, I, I'm, I have to agree with yeah. uh, Darren. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah. You know, here's what I'm going to say about karma. When Jesus was crucified, and Pontius Pilate said, are you guys sure you want to do this? They said, yes, let the sin be upon us and our children's children. And I didn't do nothing in that that situation. I wasn't there, right? But there's still consequences for that. I wasn't in the garden with Adam and Eve when they sinned against God and got kicked out and killed, but we're dying every day, right? So there are some things that got set in motion, and uh, sin is a process of death, right? Mm -hmm. So there's this thing that's set in motion where all of us are born into sin, so we all wake up with pieces of it around us, and so we Mm -hmm. have to deal with it. Um, I believe in reaping and sowing. 
karma is interesting to me because karma is just interesting to mm-hmm. me because mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like you think it's a boomerang effect. And so you sent the boomerang out there and it's going to slap you in the face because you threw it out there. Right. So we give what we, we, we reap a crop that we've planted, but there's also things that happen to us in our life that God wants to see can you live through it. Mm-hmm. He also told us that it's going to rain on the just and the unjust. So stuff is going to happen to everybody. Right. But he's supposed to be our shield and protection during those things, too. So mm-hmm. stuff, like if an earthquake happens, some people are going to get swallowed up. Mm-hmm. Is what are you going like to do? you mentioned, if somebody mistakenly not paying attention to walk in front of a bus and get hit by a bus, that's not necessarily that they were an evil person. This wasn't paying attention. It is what it is. Right. It is, it is what it is. And there are consequences for that. Like if <laughs> I think about 9-11, there were people that their lives were safe because they were late trying to go get a donut. Mm-hmm. There were people that woke up and they felt like this is a bad day, don't go. And there are days I felt there, hey, just don't go. Some weird, I'm feeling some sure. weird, don't do it. And so is that karma or is that just the spirit of the Lord saying, hey, listen, don't don't go left, go right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So right. I think that as long as we're not talking about um payback here, and we're not saying that I don't worry about what somebody does to me because I know that the universe is going to get them back. I mean, I think we have to realize that not every bad thing is set in motion because you specifically did something. Right, because just like that, there are um, there are the laws of there are the laws of the earth. Right. You know, I, I believe I am a child of God, but if, if I go up to the top of a building and I jump, the law of gravity, I am just falling. Exactly. Right. So there are some things that just come with the law mm-hmm. of the yes. land. That's like somebody emailed, which is a question we're not going to go over, but they said, Dr. Noel, why is my business failing? Why, why did I have to file bankruptcy? Because you might not have understood your business. That doesn't right. mean God doesn't right. love you. That doesn't mean you're a righteous person, not a righteous person, just right. right. a good business person in that right. situation. So God is not a leprechaun, right? You can't say, just because I came to God, now nothing should ever, ever go wrong to me. What we're supposed to say is no matter what happens, we'll stand with him, right? right. So God allows it because he's allowed sin, he's allowed freedom of choice, and he's going to round it up at the end. Never you worry. I mean, it, we will all have a conversation to be had. I think that's the thing that people understand. God is in charge. He has... The ba- or he holds the weights and the balances in his mm-hmm. hands, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not a karma we're just a universal thing and there's no one in charge. God is in charge of all of it. Mm-hmm. Like, you said. like it's not random. I think right. that's another thing. People say things like random acts of kindness or I was in the mall and this random thing happened. I don't believe in, like, random movement. I believe that everything is organized. We may not understand it, right. but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have an order. Right. Yeah. Um, next thing, I had an affair on my husband prior to coming to God. I confessed my sins to God and to my husband. Now my husband wants a divorce. There. That's his choice, right? I mean, at the bottom line, that's his choice, right? The Bible says, you know, that, that a situation of adultery happens. Okay, that's uh, one of those. That's an opportunity to, to have a divorce. Okay, that's legal according to the Bible, and that's his choice. He doesn't have to do it, but that is his choice. You know what I'm going to say? With knowledge comes, when we get understanding about something, it, it forces us to make a decision. When I under, when I get more understanding, then I have to say, so before I was um, an adult, I might not have thought eating a grape at the grocery store was a problem. But now that I'm an adult and I have understanding that that's theft of a grape, and I could be arrested for something as small as eating the grapes, I now have to make a decision if I should do it or not, no matter what anybody else is doing. The other thing is you might have made a mistake here because there's a scripture that tells us to confess our sins before before our brother. 
And here's one of the problems that we, we don't think that we feel like, because we're having some kind of a spiritual moment with God, that I can tell my spouse any number or any manner of lasciviousness, and he will forgive me because he understands my place with God. Mm-hmm. But he might be asking, if you knew who God was, why did you do that? Sure. You know? Um, and so he has a decision to make, and you have a decision to make. I respect you because you were able to say these things. And I'm, if you repented, then God reads your heart. Mm-hmm. But your husband may not be able to get over, understand. Like men imagine their wives being only with them. And if he can close his eyes and see you having sex with another man, that's a problem. That's a big problem. Most uh, A majority of men cannot get over that. I'll say that. majority of men cannot get over that. And unfortunately, women understand, or they, I don't think we understand it. Women are bred to think all men do this. So I didn't want it to happen to me, but it happened so I can deal with it. Not every woman, but some. But men aren't bred to think that. Men are bred if it's mine and I pee in the circle around it and then shares it with somebody else, I don't want it no more. Hmm. Men are bred to I, think I, that. I Majority yeah. men cannot handle that. No. And I have men that come to me where this happened 10, 15 years ago, and they still upset with their wife about it. So you have to understand that he has decisions to make that are outside of you. It's about what he wants to do with his life and what he thinks God is saying to him to do. And then I really want to know what her motive was. And the reason I say that is because for her shock of his uh, response, her motive had to be expecting something different. She really didn't think out of the – she didn't think out of the box or she didn't weigh Mm -hmm. all of the options Mm -hmm. that could have come. Because had she, she would have known that that was the very first option that could have come. Correct. She could have said, I don't want to be married anymore, right? Right. So that was an option when she decided to tell him that. Absolutely. Okay. So she stopped it. It was a while ago. She's Mm -hmm. correcting her behavior. not doing it anymore. Mm -hmm. But that's a valid valid option that he could choose. Yeah. And apparently he did. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Let me also say this to you. You don't always get a cookie for righteousness. You don't always get a a reward immediately because you did the right thing. Sometimes it's about the long haul. It's about finishing the race to the end. Here's the other thing. You removed his ability. So now that you've told him, and he's probably told other people, he don't have the grace he could have had because now he feels ashamed and embarrassed and hurt. And so then who was it that you slept with, brother, cousin? I mean, if it's somebody he passes by every day. Let me ask you this. She said the right thing to do, right? Do the right thing. The right thing to do was obviously not in the first place, but the right thing to do, you stopped it and ended it. It doesn't necessarily mean the right thing to do that you have to tell him that it happened. Right, but, and, and she stated, if I got it right, when she received God, she decided to tell him. Correct. Correct. Right. So when did her penance come? Right. Once she received God. So she was going to keep the secret when, when she right. didn't know God. Right, right. And then when she received God, now now I need to come clean mm-hmm. with with it all, mm-hmm. and that also took a number of things from him as well. Correct, correct. Because how many years did you wait to tell? Mm-hmm. Here's the other yes. thing: were you afraid somebody else was going to out you? I mean, that's the, the motive I was after. The question seems innocent, but when I hear it, what were you going after? You know, like it's like what Angie's saying. What were you expecting? Like when you rehearsed, because I rehearsed things in my head. Babe, I took $40,000 out of the account and I spent it on shoes. I wrote it in my head, right? And when I bring it to him, I, I'm not, I, he could clap and click his heels and say, I love a woman that would take all that money and take care of herself. But he could say, better have my money. Where's my money at? You know what I mean? So you have to think those things through. And because God is forgiving, doesn't mean your husband will be. 
And even if he's forgiven, it doesn't forgiving you, it doesn't mean that your consequences go away. Absolutely. So you know what, honey? I love you, I forgive you, but I'm still leaving. Right. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? It's very and enough. that's his choice. That's right. his choice. Right. Because he may not view this as a testimony. He may view this as a warning. Like, I can't trust this trick. And I better leave now because, let's think about it this way. You don't know what he had planned for you guys as a couple because once you introduce that conversation, people move, they, they don't, people have their own set of opinions. Next question. How do you know God has heard a prayer? And Jeff's going to start with you on that. Well, first we have to remember what First uh, John 5 says, you know, that this confidence we have in, um, in approaching God, we have to approach him in faith. So when we know that, we have to believe that he hears us because it says that if we ask anything according to his will, that he hears us. The thing is we have to understand the difference between promises for his children and principles for everyone. Mm -hmm. There are things that we ask God, if we're not his children, they are not benefits for us. Mm -hmm. And I I hear this a lot, even in coaching, when I think about Cameron, he's my son. Mm -hmm. He has benefits that some other children don't have when it comes to me. They have it with their own parents. Mm -hmm. So when Cameron comes to me, of course, because I'm his mom. He's like, I'm going to go because I know that mom's going to get it, and he has an expectation. So it just, it amazes me how we do what we want to do. We live how we want to live, however way we want to. And then when we need something, we go to someone who we have don't even have a relationship with, and we don't even call him our father. Mm-hmm. And then when it doesn't come in the time that we think mm-hmm. that it should come, we say that he didn't hear us. Mm-hmm. No, he hears us. Mm-hmm. He hears us. According mm-hmm. to the word, God hears us. Now, according to who we are to him, it's his mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. his way of how he's going to answer. Right. And sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no, mm-hmm. and sometimes not yet. Mm-hmm. But when we go to him, we have to be ready to receive the answer that he decides to mm-hmm. give us, and that's whatever mm-hmm. it is. Absolutely. You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say, are, are your prayers in the will of God, right? Good. You know, if I'm praying, I hope the lady next to me lose her job. I mean, because people actually have these prayers. Thank you. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I heard somebody say, you know, my husband was another man's husband. My husband was in somebody's house. I prayed to God for him. Is your prayer in the will of God, mm, number one? Good one. Number two, are you asking for a miracle or a blessing, right? Blessings are you're in the will of God. He can just He blesses you with things. A miracle is I didn't do anything you asked me to do because you do this, like, really big thing for me and part the Red Sea because I'm on my way to work. If you part the Red Sea today, then I can make it out, you know, like on pig block, that kind of stuff. And just because God can do anything doesn't mean he will do anything. And what we have to understand is that miracles are not God's best. Blessings are. Miracles is when God has to do something supernatural in the natural to make something work out in the best interest for us. When you walk in blessings, you never need a miracle. Okay. Next question. My husband recently died from cancer, and I know he was a God-fearing man. Why would God do this to a man? I would say, you know, everybody's going to die at some point in time. We're going out, we're going to die at some point in time, right? Um, we're good, bad, uh, righteous, unrighteous, okay? We're here, and then we're here before Jesus comes back. We're going to die, Okay. So, and then, from a medical standpoint, you know, if you, you're going to die by something. If you had cancer, 
and whatever reason the Lord chose not to heal him uh, from that, okay, that's that's within the Lord's will. He said, you know what, I'm going to pray about it, ask the Lord to heal me, but sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't, okay? If I recall, he didn't heal Paul from whatever that thorn was. It was, was still, always, it was always, exactly. He doesn't, he doesn't have to do that. If I recall, he had Paul. That dude was climbing up windows, going down back doors, sliding out chimneys. And this dude is a prophet right. that we hear about. Um, and I will say, not to interrupt you, no, go ahead. that he called it when he, when he gave Adam and Eve the choice to do his will or not. He called death when they refused to do his will. So he died from, and, and everybody is going to stop breathing one way or another. But it's all in effect of we don't live forever right now because our mother and father, Adam and Eve, did not listen to our father. And so now we all have to die from it. And you know what's hard? It's hard to see that. I mean, my dad went in for a back surgery and basically came out dead. I mean, really? Right. Like, why did he let that happen? Because apparently it was his time to go. Right. It was his time to go. And we can't, even if he didn't let him die from cancer, how many times have we heard, I read an article where a 21-year-old girl went to sleep chewing a piece of gum. We have all, I know I have done that. And she suffocated and died in her sleep. No illness, no, no nothing. I've heard of. Uh, situations where it's a small car tap and everybody's okay and the person in the back seat passes away. Absolutely. We all will have to give God a life. We owe him our lives. And he's going to get that death out of you. Right. And so I don't know your husband's particulars. I don't, I mean, I don't, if you're asking if God was cursing him for something, because I, I kind of feel like that's mm-hmm. the direction. Okay. He was a good guy. Why did God give him cancer? You know, our lifestyle also has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Sure. And God doesn't give mm-hmm. to these. Mm-hmm. He died for our infirmity mm-hmm. and our disease. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I think people just have to realize that life is happening. This is a long haul game. We got to run with God from beginning to end. And so if it ends with cancer here, I don't want to have it. I don't want anybody I know to have cancer. I don't want anybody to have major illnesses. But they happen. It's what you do during that process that proves to God who you are. But even when it comes to God and our sicknesses and our illnesses, some of the time, and if we really are honest with ourselves, majority of the time, we inflict them on ourselves. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about weight, and mm-hmm. we hear it all the time, heart disease, and sure. we hear it all the time, obesity. Mm-hmm. And still, we decide, and I say I decide, mm-hmm. to do what we feel we want to do, mm-hmm. not understanding that every decision I make today affects my tomorrow. It's a consequence. Right. It is. Right. And do we, do, did he smoke? I mean, Smoking, you know. excessive drinking, excessive whatever the case may be, right, mm-hmm. um, it, that affects the body. And guess what? There's things that happen in, in nature, mm-hmm. okay, that can cause diseases. But again, that's, that's another thing when Andrew was talking about. There's laws of, of the earth, right? Mm-hmm. So if you mistreat your body, it's going to revolt. Right. And there are some, some people out there that can do anything and their body doesn't revolt. Right. You know, and that's a blessing. Hereditary diseases as well, you know. Right. It, 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 Run in the family, you know, from high blood pressure, mm-hmm. diabetes. These things can run in the family. Mm-hmm. And then we always are very strong when it doesn't happen to us. Well, the first thing we'll say, you know, to live is Christ, to die is gain, you know, but it doesn't change when, when death affects my life. Mm-hmm. It's the same scripture, and mm-hmm. we stand for the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just that that is a part of the curse that was given out. We have to die. We come mm-hmm. here to die. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, next question. How do you get God to answer prayer? How do you get God to answer prayer? Well, of course, you put a dollar in the bed meeting. Right, he's not a dollar. And outcomes of what? Let me say this, and I have to say this because I see a lot on Facebook, 
If you're a true believer in Jesus, type amen. If you want a prayer, type hallelujah. You know, all of these things. I'm going to tell you, to me, it's really simple. God laid out what we need to do in, in the Bible. He laid it out. Mm-hmm. He even taught you how to pray. So if you want to know how to pray, you can at least start in Matthew 6 and 9 with the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. Our Father, which God in heaven. So you can start there, okay? Another way way we get, get I don't know if you can get God to do anything. I mean, that's right, exactly. You just, it's just work for you sitting around there. I mean, you're not your genie, the bubble of the lamb. I don't want the He's a, You know, I think we think of God like us. He's like us. How do I get Andy to give me that bottle of water? Right. How do I get Darren to buy me a new house? You might be able to sort of manipulate your earthly peers, but we can't manipulate God because he sees and knows all. He's got innumerable angels listening to conversations, seeing you when you, you know, doing something you shouldn't be doing, watching you at work, hearing you lie. So he sees all of those things. He answers prayers at his will if you are consistent with your service to him. And then here's the crazy thing. He'll bless some people that you think don't deserve a blessing. Right, because he sees your heart. See, we are so used to faking for people because it's easy. I want something from Dr. Noel so I know that I'm going to be nice to her. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure that I speak and do what I need mm-hmm. to do because that's what we do because mm-hmm. Dr. Noel only sees the outside of us. Mm-hmm. But God sees the inside of us, mm-hmm. and it's a heart thing to God. Mm-hmm. Everything about us is all about our heart. Mm-hmm. It's the actually loving is the only thing that we're going to continue to do once we leave here. Mm-hmm. All the tongues will cease, prophecy will cease, everything else will cease, but not that. Right. And that's where it's not. Because loving is an accent for us, right? Absolutely. And so then we also have to think, does God love us, each individual? He has a love for everybody. Yes. But are we in his will enough? to get that benefit of being his child. I mean, I think that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Are you a child? Are you in line with, if he's your father, are you in line with what your father wants you to do? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I have a five-year-old. I'm not talk about her a lot, but I'll tell you, one of the things that's so sweet to me is that night we say our prayers. And I love it when we say, what are you thankful for? And she says, Mom, I love you so, 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 Right? Yes. And even though that might sound corny, that gets me to do all kinds of stuff that I'm like, I'm not taking to the movies. I'm like, no more pizza for you. You know, you can't. And then I'm like, he loves me so, 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 so much. Right? But God wants us to love him so much. Right. And to do that, we have to keep his laws and statutes. So if you are a child of God, he should catch you doing the things that his children do. Absolutely. If he does, then he can bless you. If he doesn't, then he may not. And he says that if your earthly father knows how to give good things to their children, how right. much more will I give them unto you? Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely right mm-hmm. with that. So, you know, yeah. I, I know. I All that love, that means a lot, man. And I told my daughter, like, sometimes she can get an attitude. Derek can attest to this. And I said, what do you think you're going to get with that attitude? <laughs> like, did you think? And I was looking at her, did you think? I don't even have to hit it. Do you think mm-hmm. that by giving me the cross-eyed monkey stare, mm-hmm. that it's going to get you what you want? And she says, oh, no. <laughs> right. Go to your room, retreat, and, and do another strategy. Right. Because the sweet stuff works for me, and the negative doesn't. And it's the same with God. The righteousness works for God. That's good. Obedience. Obedience. The non-righteousness doesn't. So, God, I didn't do what you wanted me to do, but... Let me tell you what I need. And here's another thing. Do you ever just go to God for thanks? I'm just I'm asking. Mm-hmm. We are up. how must this feel 
God can do anything. Because sometimes he says I abide on the praises of my people. Mm. When you always begging your mama for something. That's another thing. I don't like begging. I don't like begging. Like, I'm eating something. Please let me pick. Because I don't do that. I'm going to give you a piece. Calm down. But the begging makes me feel like, you know, I'm going to eat the whole hot dog myself. Because you're begging. And I don't, why do you need to beg when you know I have? Why do you and, and too many times you ask, and it, it begins to become ungrateful. Yeah. Right. It's annoying. Right. It's, annoying. Right. it's like, that, and that is so annoying to us on earth. Imagine you and heaven, for real, imagine now, and you got a billion, 20 billion people asking you for a payday loan. <laughs> Don't let that, let my credit check come back right. Because we everyday people up in here. Everyday. Let this dress fit. You know, how many times have I dove into a pair of pants, Lord, I need this suit. Let this suit fit. Yeah, all of these things. So we got to come to God with grateful hearts and thanking him. And here's the funny thing. When I was a little girl, my grandmother uh, was blonde, sick, all these things. And she had a grateful spirit, no joke. She would wake up and say, thank you, God, for giving me a portion of my right mind. And I was thinking to myself, you're going to wake up every day. I was too young yet to know that it's going to be a day where you don't wake up. Mm-hmm. As, the, as the old folks say, when you wake up dead, okay? But now that I'm over a certain age, I wake up, first I open one eye, slow, I'm up, I'm up. I want to thank you, guys, for another day. Yeah. So let's start with leading with gratitude, and as God sees your appreciation for his wonders, his mighty acts, even breathing, like we underestimate how great it is to have lungs. You know what I mean? Absolutely. When you see people that, that have all manners of issues in their body and you sitting here still making it, you know what I mean? Those are blessings. So first start being grateful to God and then pray and ask for, for blessings. Next question. I've been through so much. This is going to be the last one. we got three minutes. I've been through so much. It seems like I have been through more than others. Could I be cursed? Would God do that? No. Exactly what the person been through, I don't know. But you find Let me out. Tell you, I can probably figure it out. Well, I mean, one you want to look at well, what, 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 what is it? Trouble and, paying bills. Right. And, and what, what cause? Their mama don't like them. What cause it? They sit in the couch. Their mama don't like them. Their husband don't like them. Their kids don't like them. Their job don't like them. Maybe in an abusive relationship. Okay, were there signs that they, the person was an abusive person, but you got in a relationship anyway? Okay, it could be those things that that situation. Okay. What came before that caused these things to happen, okay? Because there could be some reason why these things have happened to you, okay? And that's, well, why? It's very valid. Or God can have a great thing for you on the other side. Much is given, much is required. Yeah. And you can't tell anybody anything if you haven't been through anything. Correct. You know, you know, have you been cursed? You better hope not because if the Lord lays a curse on you, nobody can lift it. And it could be the, what, what decisions are you making that's causing these things? Yeah. What decisions are you making? Yeah. You know, I got I got sent to jail. Why is it happening to me? Because you stole something. Right? Because you stole something. <laughs> right. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Right. I, again, again, we don't know the specifics of it, but right. what actions have you taken personally that mm-hmm. may have caused some of these uh, repercussions upon you? Who are you hanging with? Who are you around? Mm. Birds of a feather flock together. Mm. You know, I had a friend that was in trouble a lot, and one day I got in trouble with her. My mother said, stop hanging with her if you don't want to be in trouble. And then she started telling me the more trouble she was in, and this happened and that happened. And I fully, I didn't actually fully back up. I quickly retreated, and mm-hmm. I said, hey, lose my number. Right. Why? Because let's say you're not making the all of the, the crazy decisions, but you're with people that are under some kind of a problem no. situation, you need to get out. We are too afraid to stand alone and stand with God, and then we You are a victim again and again and again because it's a lesson you're supposed to be getting, and you're not hearing it. Good one. 
They're not hearing it. Okay, one other question. I had a miscarriage. Where's the God in that? Oh man, ninety seconds left to talk about that. <laughs> I don't have I don't have the answer in ninety seconds. I don't know. Angie, you got the answer in ninety seconds? I don't. Seconds? See, you got it the could answer. be a biological issue. You know why why the miscarriage happened? Okay. Isn't there's right. a scripture that says I will have a miscarriage for the children of Israel? Yes. God even talks about miscarriages. Mm-hmm. If I had more seconds, I would find that scripture and tell it to you. But let me say this to you: death happens. Right. And that is another part of it. It happened really early on, but there are scriptures where God saw light in a baby and darkness in the rest of the family, so he killed the baby. So the baby wouldn't end up being in trouble because being surrounded by the people that they were surrounded by. That's now, I don't, I'm not saying that you're evil and that's why your right, kid right, is right. gone. I'm saying that, you know, and I've also had a miscarriage. Well, let me tell you this. The God in that is that I made it through that. And now Ooh. I have a baby walking, breathing, talking, and getting funky with me, right? I mean, so all of those things happen. So you know what, guys? we got to wrap up. We extended the show 15 extra minutes. Wow. Um, we've got about 13 seconds left. Angela, tell them how to find me. You can find me at uh, www.authenticchanges4letteru.com. I'm also.